0: This episode is sponsored by RegPack, an online camp management software. Are you looking for a better solution to manage registration and payments this year? RegPack is not your average camp software. They work with after-school enrichment, and day school professionals too. Create a customized registration flow with built-in payments, donations, and reporting. Learn more and get a free shirt with a product demo. Head to www.regpacks.com forward slash ACA or email sales at regpacks.com to schedule a call. WIRE podcast. My name is Lauren McMillan. I am the public relations and communications manager here at ACA and today we are joined by Brett Denon. Over the past 15 years Brett Denon with his Poets Perspective off kilter vocals, insane sense of humor, and limitless musical freedom has turned dancing like no one's watching into a lifestyle. As a songwriter, performer, watercolor artist, and environmental conservationist and outdoorsman, the shows he performs and the events he hosts generate more than good vibes. His impact has been to gather like minded music fans to consistently try to make the world a better place. Growing up in Northern California, Denon's passion for environmental conservation and his outrage at injustice led him to work as a camp counselor for at-risk youth. There, he used music as a teaching tool. Through song, he could pull different demographics of kids together. He could communicate in a different way with those who found trouble finding their own words, and obviously, guitar plus bonfire equals good times. As with any true artist, Brett's talent surpasses music. He is an incredible painter who focuses on watercolor and shares his art through Den and Goods, as well as an organizer whose annual lift series and vacationer series held in mountain ski towns and beaches respectively combine music with activities and conservation. Brett released his latest album, See the World, on July 30th, 2021, and is currently on tour sharing his music, his passion, and his positivity with us all. Brett, welcome to the Campwire podcast. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Um, and again, before we started recording, I am such a fan of your music. And if our listeners are not familiar with your tunes, I could not recommend that they listen to you more. I, your music is my go-to, quite honestly. It is just awesome. absolutely wonderful and just so enjoyable in every sense of the word.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely so tell us a bit about i know you attended summer camp growing up and that has had some kind of influence and impact on your life and your career through music so first just tell us about about your experience and your history with summer camp
1: well i would say it's probably had the biggest impact on my life and my career outside of my parents and my family i was very lucky to start going to a camp when i was 10 years old, and it was kind of a, a family tradition for us. It was a camp that my mother went to when she was a kid. I grew up in the Central Valley of California, and the best thing about the Central Valley is it's close to so many amazing places. It's really close to Yosemite. It's really close to beautiful beaches. I mean, every direction you go, there's something incredible. About an hour and a half east of where I grew up is the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And wow, there's, a, there's a camp up there called Camp Jack Hazard. And when I was a kid, it was run out of the, the local YMCA in Modesto. It's not run by the YMCA anymore, but it was donated to the YMCA and, and they ran it for many years. It's it's a really special camp. I know everybody thinks that their camps are the most special. But what I love about Camp Jack Hazard is it's... it's, it's It's an adventure camp. It's it's rustic. It's high. It's in the high Sierra. It's not the kind of camp that you see depicted in in Hollywood. Um, It's a lot of backpacking and Mm -hmm. walks in nature and um, spending time outside and being high up in the mountains. You know, rocks, granite, trees, sunsets, stars, a really special place to go to when you're a kid and to um, see magic all around you and get out of your comfort zone. I say it's had a huge impact on me because like, this is what I'm into now. I'm into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a, a love for conservation and for protecting wild lands that was instilled in me back then, a real connection to nature. But musically there was, there's a, just a tradition at camp where every night counselors would break out the guitars. We had these big, We call them amphitheaters. They're just natural settings. There's so much granite at at this place on site at Camp Jack Hazard. It makes these natural amphitheaters where we'd, at the bottom of a big slab of granite slanted downward, there'd be a big campfire ring and there'd be a big fire and a bunch of counselors would play guitar and we'd all sing songs, you know, like four counselors up there singing and a hundred or so kids singing along. And it would be the kind of music that I'm really into now and the kind of music that I try to emulate, like Mm -hmm. it'd be the Crosby, Stills and Nash, Tony Mitchell and John Denver, stuff like that. And uh, when I was a kid, that was just the best thing to me. The thing I wanted most when I got older was to be a camp counselor. And even more than that, I wanted to be one of the camp counselors that play guitar. So when I became a camp counselor there, I started to learn the guitar and I wanted to be one of the people who led the campfire and song. And even now when I I write songs or when I perform songs, I think it always starts in a place of trying to create that intimacy or that connection that music has to Mm -hmm. other people and nature in an outdoor setting. And I try to like go for that feeling. Yes. Oh, yeah. Still with me now.
0: I absolutely get that vibe from your music. It is just it has that that feel good quality to it that that you, you're right that you find around a campfire in a camp setting where when you're with with people and most importantly enjoying the beauty of the world. It's just it's exactly how you described it. So, did you first discover an interest in learning how to play guitar at summer camp or is that something that yeah. you had an interest okay. So, I think it's would you say it's safe to say that summer camp played a pretty big role about and where you are today.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it gave me the inspiration to want to play guitar, first mm-hmm. of all. And second of all, like I was saying, with the type of music that the counselors would sing around the campfire, it shaped my taste in music, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I've, I've when I was a teenager hanging around with my friends from school, we listened to a lot of punk rock and metal and all that kind of stuff. But when it came, when I really got comfortable enough on guitar to express myself through writing songs what came out was something a little more closer to what I listened to up at camp Mm -hmm. yeah that acoustic more folky yes
0: yeah it sounds like it felt it felt more true to you and kind of your own experiences that's that's amazing so you camped there you started at age 10 did you Mm go how what was the oldest age that you were able to be a camper and did you go through that entire time before becoming a counselor?
1: I started transitioning into, there's a leaders train, leaders in training program. Mm-hmm. which is a, It's a volunteer program. And I think technically you're still a camper, but you're getting trained to work with kids who are younger than you. I started doing that when I was 14, 15. So a good five years or so. There, I went to some other camps too, but you know, I went to Boy Scout camp, and that was cool, but it didn't have the special magic that Camp Jack Hazard had.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I relate to that. I went to several camps growing up, and some yeah. were, you know, different lengths and day camps and overnight camps. But there's always that one camp that it kind of kind of becomes your home camp, and the one that stays in your heart the longest. So I get yeah. that 100%. So when you were a camp counselor, were you a counselor at the same camp? Mm -hmm. Camp Jack Hazard, is that right okay and I know in your bio it talked about using music as a teaching tool so what what other activities did you teach or did you primarily focus on on the music component
1: well so I think when you read in my bio and it talks about music as a teaching tool it might be in reference to another outdoor education program school that I worked at called the mosaic project after after i graduated college okay and that was more of um you know in, in california we have there's a couple of grades like fifth and sixth grade where kids can go with their class to an outdoor edu- like a like a camp setting but it's mm-hmm. really go cool with your school and schools get credit for that and and it fits into the California state curriculum. And so there's lots and lots and lots of programs like for fourth graders, we have a gold rush camp, because that's such a big part of California. history. <laughs> and sixth grade, there's a out they call it science camp. Mm-hmm. And the mosaic project fits in between those two. It's for fifth graders. And it's more human relations curriculum. It's about Diversity and understanding, uh, like thinking about bullying and, and cliques in school and and mm-hmm. stereotyping and power, some, some sorts of power structures and, and that fits into the school, the California state uh, standard curriculum and it's a pretty special program too, but that was more, I was, my job there was more of an educator at Camp Jack Hazard, I had lots of jobs because there's so there's programs, there's nature programs, there's adventure programs, which is rock climbing, and um, there's arts and crafts programs. Um, I was a counselor for a while, but then as I got into my early 20s, I started working at a special program within Camp Jack Hazard that was straight back- backpacking. We would take young teenagers on week-long backpacking trips oh wow just go out into the middle of nowhere and and do a lot of team building but also self-building self-esteem building confidence building through exploring the outdoors but also just people being on their own learning how to set up a camp find find water find a place to camp instead navigate on a trail spend some time by themselves that is something, when I was doing that, I thought that was something I'd want to do forever. Really? It's so, yeah, it's so powerful to watch somebody show up from a city or from a town and go through, by the time they go home, to have gone through a whole transformation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a, there's a whole industry based around just giving people the opportunity to put them in the right place in nature and let nature do what it does. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get you get people in a situation where they're uncomfortable, and then you you just keep going back to that situation to where that that uncomfortability just starts to melt away, and you you just keep hiking further and further into the woods, and it becomes a routine. And you know, the first couple of days, it's it's just tragic. You know, <laughs> it. And then after a while, they realize they can do it, and they start to adapt. And by the end of the trip, they could teach somebody else how to do it. And, you know, the more time you spend in nature and the more time you spend outside of your comfort zone, the more you are aware of what's around you. I Mm -hmm. think You start listening to the birds and you start figuring out what the birds are talking about. (laughs) You start to pay attention to what the sun is doing in the sky and what the rivers are doing in the morning as opposed to the evening. You know, how high the water is, what the temperature is like. And when you really become adapt and aware of your surroundings, and it could be any any place in nature, you know, it could be at the ocean or it could be in the mountains or it could be in the desert. But when you really become aware of what's happening throughout the day, then you start to look inward and, and you see the parallels between what's within and what's without. And like I was saying before, by the end of the week, it's just to, you know, the same person is there, but there's a bigger awareness. mm mm-hmm. And that's really powerful. And a lot of times people go through a, some somewhat of a psychological breakthrough. You know, we didn't have the, the tools or any kind of training to help anybody with that. So we wouldn't even try to go down that road with people. But, but we would acknowledge their experience, at least. And I thought back then that that was something I would really want to do to try to go deeper into the psychology of that and try yes. to make that a career for myself. But by the time I was really starting to make those decisions in life, like moving forward in college, like what I, I want to do, that's when music started taking over my life. And I found, you know, like maybe maybe this is the trail I want to be on. Mm hmm. So here I am.
0: Here you are, yes. And I'm so grateful that you are. When working as a camp counselor or working at a camp in any role, like at the camp I attended, I went back in college and worked on their kitchen staff, on their serve yep. staff. And I did that too. It, it was the best. And yep. I think something we, we talk about at ACA is that working at camp, is one of the greatest jobs that you can have both in terms of your professional development, your personal growth, those obstacles that you were talking about overcoming, not just for the campers, but for the staff members themselves and also the skills that you develop. I mean, we think that if you can manage a cabin of of 10-year-olds, you can run a Fortune 500 company. So (laughs) I'm curious to know, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, what were some of the key lessons and takeaways that you got from being in that role of working at a camp. And maybe it was through those different roles collectively or if there was one thing in particular that really stuck oh, with you.
1: Whatever the role is, like if you're working in the kitchen or if you're responsible for ten or so kids, it's a, it's a a ton of responsibility. Like waking up early in the morning before the rest of the camp is awake to start the meal, the mm-hmm. first meal that everybody's that's a ton of responsibility. So that was that was the first thing. I mean there's great jobs that you can have when when you're young and still in school but not this is beyond camp is a beyond a full-time job i mean most camps you only get a couple hours off a day if that even Mm -hmm. and um you're working all the time and then your social time is usually late at late in the day or at the end of the day or late at night sometimes even when um the kids all go to sleep and you want to like you're having such a great time because you're away from home and you're using all these skills and life is just so abundant and joyous. You want to hang out and talk to your friends Mm -hmm. for a while. So you end up going to sleep really late. And so you don't get a ton of sleep and you're outside all the day, but you're getting tons of vitamin D and you're, you're healthy and you're running on everything. And it's just like, it's such a vibrant time in your life but you're working so hard and you're putting so much into it and all your emotion is going into it and that's a kind of responsibility and a kind of full life living that you really don't get with other jobs and i always say that working at camps trained me to go on tour. Mm. Touring is kind of like that. Like you 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 work really hard on tour. You, you know, you play a show every day and you're always loading in something or loading out something and you're driving and you play a concert and then you're up late afterwards because the just like a camp when you're where you're doing some program or some project with the kids and it's so much fun you're getting all this adrenaline off of it and it's hard to fall asleep out same with playing a show you know you get done with playing a show at midnight and you got so much adrenaline going through and it was so fun and you're smiling You don't fall asleep till a couple of hours later after that, but then you have to be up at 7am because you have to drive into a radio station and do a radio station performance just like camp. It's the same thing. You got to, you know, you might have to wake up at six because your cabin is in charge of doing the morning chapel or story or whatever activity before breakfast. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a hike out to a rock or something like that. And you're just going, going and going and going, but it, it doesn't matter because you love it so much. And so really loving what you do and being willing to work so hard at it, that's some of the best training I think that you can, you can get.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I I know exactly that feeling that you're describing where you are going 110 miles per hour, but you are exhausted in the way that's where it's, you know, that it was a day well spent and it's Mm -hmm. exhaustion in the absolute best way possible. And you can't wait to wake up and do it all over again. Um, I think that's just. That's the greatest. And I hope that everybody gets to experience that and especially through camp. And so going off of that, and this kind of goes back to what you were talking about leading campers through these week long backpacking trips, we often think about camp as a classroom without walls. And that it is a place where you can try new things, where you can take risks in an environment that is safe and supportive. And I think that that is true for both campers and counselors. And so what did that look like for you? I know you talked about it as a counselor, but from a camper perspective, in what ways did you feel like camp was kind of that classroom beyond the classroom?
1: Well, I love that you said that because, and I want to focus on the part about not having walls or being beyond the classroom. because. Mm That's the most important thing, especially now, especially after a year and a half of kids being locked up inside. Like, more than ever, kids need to just be outside. Yes. they They can get outside. And if they have the opportunity or the ability to get outside, they need to because there's so, there's just different things to learn through experience and different things to learn through being out in the world, instead of being in a a box or Mm -hmm. having to learn something through somebody telling them what to learn or reading what there is to learn. I mean, when when all your senses are working and you're learning about a creek by standing barefoot in the creek or being blindfolded and walking up a little creek and feeling all the moss and the slippery rocks and the sticks and listening to the water I mean, I, it's a completely different kind of learning that can right. happen indoors. And like that thing I'm talking about with being blindfolded in the creek, that's like one of the best memories I'll ever have in, of my life. It was just me and eight other kids went to this little Creek that is just a little trickle up above the camp and, it, and we were blindfolded and we walked hands and feet up the creek and it felt like I was climbing a waterfall but when I took my blindfold off it was just a little uh-huh. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like I was going up a cliff or anything but just fe- having no sight and just feeling my way up there and then getting to the top and laying down in a meadow is something that that I, I can go right back to it in mm-hmm. time. and and I felt like I understood a creek so much more than I could have if I just looked at it
0: Right. Yeah. That idea of truly immersing yourself in the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: beautiful. Yeah. And then a later, they, and then it got really hot that afternoon. And then there was a mountain thunder shower. and we went and we laid down on the granite because the granite just took all the heat in from mm-hmm. the sun and the rain came down and steam came up off the granite. Yes. It was just like to have the, the presence of mind as a kid to think this is going to be one of the best days of my life. Wow. Look Back at it now and still and to agree with my 10 year old self, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have any memories like that inside a classroom.
0: No, I don't think I do either. (laughs) You're absolutely right. So I know in a previous interview you did, you talked about growing up being homeschooled until you went, I think up until seventh grade, if that's correct. Um, And that you had the opportunity through homeschooling to do a lot of your learning outside. And I think that speaks kind of directly to that being beyond the classroom walls and and um, having more of those experiential learning opportunities. And I think it's incredible that you were able to do that. From a homeschooling perspective, in what ways do you think that having the summer camp experience impacted or influenced or supported your schooling for the rest of the year? And maybe you can speak to that too in terms of like once you did go to a school with a lot of other students, how maybe the summer camp experience played into and impacted what the school year looked like for you.
1: Sure. Well, when I, the biggest thing that camp did for me when I did end up going to public school was it helped socialize me. I don't think if I had gone to camp, I would be able to make friends at school or work on things with other kids in a classroom. I just don't think I would have had the social skills because it's really hard to get that when you're doing, when you're, homeschooled and you're away from other kids but going to camp was one of the first things I identified with as a kid mm-hmm. you know I never really knew what identity was but I knew that when I went to camp I thought okay that's this is who I am I'm a kid who likes to go spend time up in the mountains and mm-hmm. be out in nature and there's a certain kind of feeling that comes with that that I, I didn't know exactly what it was but I knew when I felt it And so I knew that, you know, I have an awesome mom who homeschooled us and she would take us to a river or out out in the nature somewhere to a tree. And I would think, well, yeah, this is this is like camp. You Mm -hmm. know, so, yeah. So when I was when I was homeschooled, I think I always found interest in things that I could relate back to camp. Mm -hmm. It was something in nature, usually mountains, trees.
0: And even the musical component, I mean, for me, if I found somebody who I knew went to the same camp, it's like, oh, let's just start singing some of the camp songs, because it just took us right back to that moment. (laughs) It was so fun. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And your, I want to talk for a second about about your new album, which I've been listening to on repeat. It It is so good. It is so, so good. Thank you. It is such a gift. Yeah. Um, but the title of the album, "See the World," I think, kind of yeah. speaks directly to what we've been talking about: this idea of of getting outside, getting away from from screens, getting expanding our horizons. Yeah. Literally, metaphorically, all the things. And uh, I know that you are somebody who who loves the outdoors and who loves the trap to travel. So, can you speak a bit about? what inspired you to to write about that and to to share that message and what made you want to um, encourage others to do the same
1: well i just i just happened upon it in the song see the world i was just writing a song about um just inspired by my son because he was crawling at the time and i was just sitting there with a guitar just watching him crawl and just kind of singing to him and that's where i got the idea but, you know, as I started thinking about, like, what am I writing about? What could this what would make this song interesting? Well, to me, what would make it interesting would if, if it's a song about like, here's some here's like a, a little thing that has the potential to be so much more and go so many places. I wonder where this little kid can go. And mm-hmm. back at Camp Jack Hazard, when I was a kid, we used to read, oh, oh, the places you'll go at least once a week. Yes. <laughs> the Dr. Seuss book. And so I think about that all the time. So there's a lot of that book in that song. There's even actually a quote from that book in the song about the waiting place. You'll spend some time, Mm -hmm. you know, that part of the book, waiting for your hair to grow, waiting for the fish to bite, you know. So I just was thinking, like, where can this kid go? But then again, and I do this when I write songs, I just think, okay, but is that really interesting enough? Where else could it go? Where else could this song go? And when I was working on the chorus, get out and see the world with your own eyes. then I thought, okay, that actually has a bigger interpretation. That could, now the song isn't just about my son. The song could be for anybody to Mm -hmm. get out and see the world through their own eyes. And that can mean different things at different parts of time. Like, you know, when you're growing and you've never seen the world, it could mean, you know, go out and learn for yourself and have your heart broken for yourself and um, make mistakes for yourself and f- try and fail for yourself and learn things the real way and have a real experience. Or after a pandemic and a lockdown, it could mean something else. It'd be like, well, how do we reevaluate our lives? What's mm-hmm. important and What's not? Like, what do you, if you have a chance to get out and see the world again, what's it going to mean this time? Right. You know? what's going to come along with it and um, what's most important and what's it really all about? Is it all about just being thankful and grateful and present in your life and the places that you go? So, you know, ask me at at different times in my life and that song will probably have different meaning.
0: Right. (laughs) And that's okay. That means it's a, it's a living, breathing song. And I think that that is a beautiful thing.
1: That's a, I like that you said that. Living, breathing. So I think art is living and breathing. It just depends on who's perceiving it
2: and experiencing Mm
0: -hmm. it. Right at any point in time, absolutely. Uh, The music video for "See the World" is so sweet. I loved it. It was, and I I love exactly what you're describing about about Van's point of view. And it, I mean, you have like a a mixture of different camera angles and different scenes. And um, I love that you included his stuff that he
1: filmed.
0: Oh well, he's he's a natural, a filmmaker in the making.
1: we gave him a camera but then we also strapped the camera to a hat and put the hat on him and he ran around amazing <laughs> oh that's awesome but i
0: i love too the idea of of not only seeing the world but seeing it through the eyes of a child and kind of remembering to to maintain that sense of childlike wonder and to remember to play and to have fun and to not take life so seriously and i think it, it just it reminds me of of what camp encourages in all of us to, to get out and explore and to just play for the sake of playing. So I, I just, I thought that it was just absolutely beautiful. And I liked what you said about taking time to kind of reevaluate and think about what is important. And something that I know you talk about quite a bit is the importance of being present. And I'm curious to know what does being present mean to you and I know that that is that is that is a big question but I just think about in the context of living through 2020 Mm -hmm. it happened we were all apart for the most part and you know thank goodness we had technology to help get us through it and to help connect us I mean because of technology you and I are able to have this conversation right now because of technology your music is able to reach practically every corner on the planet. But then there's also this this fine line of of the benefits of technology and then the ways in which technology takes us out of the moment that we're in. So I think on one hand, camp experiences, they're so wonderful because they allow for that intentional space away from technology. And I think it's so critical for kids and youth nowadays because they have, that's all, they've, all they've known is phones and life with social media. Um, So I would love to hear your thoughts about what being present means to you, maybe what that looks like for you and and why it is so important that we continue to make presence a priority.
1: Well, I have two ideas about that. I mean, I think the first one is just taking the blinders off. And that just means like having an awareness of Mm -hmm. where you are, what's going on around you and what's happening inside you like you know what are you thinking about um, what feelings arise and I would say blinders but that could just be you know like not having tunnel vision just being aware of your space your surroundings and what you're feeling in a way where you know, it's really hard to be objective, but just to not be attached, not be attached to everything that's going on around you. I'm mm-hmm. um, not to hone in on one thing too much, not to be attached to your feelings or your thoughts, understanding that these are just feelings and these are thoughts and understand that things are just happening around you and just being aware of those. But I also think about being present more of like, as if it's a, more like it's a moment, you know, like you have your past Mm -hmm. and you have the future and you have the present moment. And when I think about that, which I think about a lot, I think it's like when you're present, you're all three of those things at the same time, Mm. if that makes sense. Because if you're really in the moment, which is so hard to do, and I, I rarely do it, I really only do it when I'm like doing something that forces me to be in the moment Mm -hmm. like you're outside doing something like if you're if you're hiking somewhere dangerous or if you're skiing or you're surfing or you're doing something that takes not only all your concentration on one thing but also it takes awareness of your abilities and what's around you that's when like you're really in the moment Mm -hmm. but I think that when you're really in the moment or you can do the training or whatever to just sit still and be in the moment. I think you have the past and the future all together at the same time. And I may be speaking like metaphorically, but when you're present, you're aware of where you came from and you're mm-hmm. aware of what's ahead of you.
0: Right. You yeah, know, that makes sense. The moment,
1: you know, mm-hmm. so you have all three. So I think it's just a really special thing that is the hardest thing to achieve and it's the most valuable thing to achieve because it's always there but it's so easy not to have it right it's so easy to get distracted (laughs) Um, Even thinking about what you're trying to say next
0: right right (laughs) it does Uh, i want to go back and talk a bit about uh, the creation of your album see the world did you start writing this album pre-pandemic
1: yeah I okay. Did.
0: What did 2020 do? <laughs> or, or I guess what was the result of putting pause on the album? And I guess how did that that time away from a normal routine and performing and touring, how did that shape not only the album, the outcome of the album itself, but also uh, your perspective on your role as a musician, as an artist, as a performer?
1: Well, it did, for the first time, I started working on something and then put it away and didn't pick it back up again for a year. I've never done that with an album. Mm. I usually just record it and finish it and move on and start to work on how to release it and, you know, make a tour and play the songs. This time it was different. I started working on a song or on an album, shutdown came, put it away for a little while thinking in a couple months, things are going to open back up and we should probably start working on this album again, finishing it so that we can start touring. And that just kept getting delayed. And then I just never even thought about the songs for a while. So a year went by before I started working on it again. So I don't know how that really shaped the music or not, if it made a big difference or not, but it was a different process and a lot went on in my head about it because I started feeling things I never felt before. like what am I relevant? If I can't go play music? like if that's, this is my whole identity and I can't do that, then, then what am I really? And you know, Van was two go, or one and a half, going on two, going on three during that whole time. and I was home with him and Christina, and which is something that I haven't done in a long time. Just be home every day for over a year. So then I started thinking about, oh, like, am I going to love going back on the road like I used to love it? I don't know. What if I don't love it anymore? Mm -hmm. What if I'm growing too attached to this life? What if, you know, because it's very common. I mean, it's something that my uh, colleagues and I talk about all the time. How many people in the touring music industry never went back on tour again because they found other jobs and they loved being at home?
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah
1: so it was it was rough but you know that was an experience that um isn't unique to just me you know coming out the other side of it I'm very aware of of how grateful I am and how lucky I am and now when I tour I I make sure to just be thankful you know like I don't want to say like not take it for granted. Cause I don't think I ever took it for granted, but there were times where it was hard and there were times where, you know, I wanted to just not do it and not go out on stage. But now I'm just, I wanna make sure that I'm at least grateful and thankful and just, just to know how much of a gift it is because mm-hmm. it really is a gift. And it, it really is a privilege to, to go play music and play shows because I never thought it was something that could go away. Right, And it it may go away again. I don't know.
0: I think a similar feeling was felt by going back to the idea of of camp communities and the way that, um, like you said, it's something that people never thought would go away. But summer of 2020, very few camps operated. In fact, most of them shut down entirely. And it was suddenly... Like this this incredible tradition that we have and that we look forward to all year, suddenly that was gone. And I think a lot of camps and camp directors probably thought the same feelings of, will we be able to even do this again? And if not, what does that tell us? And where do we go from here? And if it does come back, how does it change how we operate and how we how we view the summer and, and just the interconnectedness of it all?
1: It goes back to, like, the kids need to be outside more right. than ever you know, mm-hmm. it, how unhealthy is it to lock a kid up for a year?
0: Very, you know, <laughs> I think
1: be outside, Go be in the sunshine, just to get healthy, get all the vitamin D that you need and just, and not be stressed out. Right. Not be scared.
0: Right. Oh, 100%. Yes. I I'm grateful that I am not uh, growing up during, <laughs> during the pandemic, but, um, but still, It's, you talk about vitamin D as we're recording this, you know, the time just changed and I am so keenly aware about (laughs) getting enough vitamin D before the sun goes down earlier than I wanted to. So I wanted to ask you about your lifted series and vacationer series, because I think it ties in really nicely to this idea of like when camps were able to come back together in 2021, a lot of them sent home the message of, we didn't realize how important this connection was until it was gone. And then until they were able to get it back and then they saw just how beautiful and valuable it was. So I would love for you, especially if our listeners are not familiar with the series that you do, tell us a bit about the lifted series and the vacationer series, what makes them unique and just so special and how are they, I guess, different from what people typically think of when they think of a concert?
1: Well, yeah, they're both concert tours, but they're aimed at markets or towns, places that um, are close to some kind of natural feature. So, for the Lift series, which is in the winter, it's mountain ski towns because I love to ski, and but I also really love to play music in ski towns. I just like ski town folk. I like mountain town atmosphere. So I'll go and I'll play a show in a ski town, but I'll have a few extra days in that town which is a really rare thing to have when you when you tour because touring's so expensive to begin with that you need to be playing shows all the time and mm. just to cover your costs um but i in the lift series and the vacation i think the opposite way it's like it's not really about making money it's about going to a place staying a couple of days playing for the people that live in the ski town ski with the people that, that live in the ski town and then try to Either give back or celebrate the people in the town or both. And so to, to pick some kind of a restoration project or an activity or a learning, some kind of an engagement act activation where that's special to that area. So if I'm like it, you know, we were in Vermont. And Vermont has this long history of volunteers that maintain the Vermont Long Trail and it's used in the summer and it's used in the winter. And so I would ski in Vermont with these folks and then we would go and hike in the winter at the Long Trail and learn about the ecosystem and some of the efforts of restoration and you know what people are working on, try to raise some money for the program, stuff like that. And then the, the summertime it's the same concept but it's more like it's called the vacationer series and it's more beach towns or summertime vacation the kind of town that is boarded up in the winter Mm -hmm. and this you know little town in maine or somewhere it's like where in the middle of the summer you can't even drive through it's just crazy to go two miles it takes 20 minutes Uh uh-huh and it's just there's people everywhere going to the lake or going to the Beach and for that, you know, again, a couple of days there. I want to play a show for the people, but I want to celebrate the people, not just the tourists, but the people who live in that place who mm-hmm. have to put up with all the tourists. And then-
0: that's right.
1: And then so, but and that one's a little bit because of the weather. That one's e- a little bit easier to think of activations like ease, like off the top of your head, we can do a beach cleanup, or we can do trail maintenance, or we can do a river rest- restoration, or something like that. I got to go on a boat that's like a, a classroom that floats down the Hudson River and teaches kids about um, you know, water safety and like oh, wow. fish population. There's all kinds of things. But again, it's just like the three elements. There's a concert, there's an activity... And then there's the give back or the Mm -hmm. celebration of the people in that town.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Is this something that you're continuing to do? Or I guess now that touring has started again.
1: We're planning the lift series right now for January and February. Amazing. Once we get through that, we'll do something in the summer. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: And I I love too that, that you are not just playing a show and then moving on to the next one. You are actually spending time there. Well,
1: I have to do that in the rest of the year because, uh, I got to pay for it. Right. That's right. The, the but
0: you're balancing it out with this. And I think I mean, I, I've never heard of any other artist or musician doing that. And I think it's just incredible. And so it, it also reminds me of camps, I think. And we touched on this earlier on talking about immersing yourself in nature and developing a love and appreciation for nature and also um, just a respect and a care for communities, whether that is a natural kind of the environment where you live or or caring for your community at large. And it to me, what you have done with these concert series is, for me, it's inspiring about how we can take these ideas and these inspirations that we get from things like summer camp experiences. Like, I think once, once the end of a summer camp experience comes, you're just kind of riding a high and you're like, oh, I want to do all these things and take everything that I learned at camp and everything that I'm now passionate about into the rest of the year. But it is it is hard to maintain that momentum once you kind of get back to your normal life and normal routine. So I think it is really cool that you are in a sense kind of continuing that idea of, of keeping not only activism and environmentalism, going on throughout the year, but also the sense of restoring and and fostering the sense of community beyond technology. And I'm curious to know if you have any other ideas or thoughts about how either you're thinking about continuing that effort or for our listeners, whether they be parents or campers or camp staff, what are ways that, that we can continue those positive actions, but also all the good feelings and the positive vibes that we get from camp? How can we keep that going all year long?
1: Well, I think the first thing is to just look to the kid or learn from the kid, you know. Because if you know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to you're just outside all day and you're or you're sleeping under the stars and you never have to go into a classroom or get into a car or just watch it in front of a TV or anything. You're just you're just out in nature, just exploring, and your mind is constantly expanding. And then you go home, and it's the opposite of all that, and you retreat and you you it's like you mourn the loss of a different self or Mm -hmm. self in a different way so i would say just learn and look to and learn from the children if a kid's like you know this is a this is a rock that we learned about at camp and it's this kind of you know just follow their lead yeah and and continue to put them in situations where where they can be that kid again that they were at camp and let it have A ripple effect in your family like or if it's just you and your kid or let it let it start a ripple and just kind of move through the rest of your school year the rest of your life and your community do more to engage the kid in the way that they're feeling engaged when they're outside thinking about camp camp jack hazard there was a really cool thing that we did and um they still do it even though they're not affiliated with the ymca anymore but it's an it's a ymca program that's called a raggers program and i'm sure you've heard of people talk about it or um but what it is is when you're at a camp at that has a raggers program you you get counseled by people who usually who are older than you that are in the program and you you strive for you achieve to get a rag there's different color rags as you move up through kind of like a scouting or something like that mm-hmm. the rag is just like a bandana it's a different color um, that you go up through and uh each rag represents a different goal that you're making for yourself to be a better person in, in some form or another and you don't get the rag because you achieve the goal you get the rag because you make up you pledge to be a better person in this way or that mm-hmm. way and then you get the rag as a symbol for that and you tie it around your neck and then you're supposed to take it home and put it on your wall or hang it on your mirror on your bedpost or even wear it. And you're supposed to look at it every day and remember this is the goal that I made for myself at camp. When I was at camp and I was climbing rocks and I helped my friend climb a rock and we both overcame the fear of heights. I thought to myself that you know a good goal for me would be to look to my friends and trust in my friends and, you know, give myself to my friends to make them better so that it can make me better. And I wanna do that more. And I always Mm -hmm. remember that. And that's what this rag represents to me. And it's supposed to inspire them to live and feel the way they felt when they were at camp. So if there's anything like that, that parents can hang on to, I mean, that's super meaningful.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. That's awesome. You're right. Kind of keeping those, those little reminders going throughout the year and it can just have a ripple effect that benefits the whole family. Uh, do you hope that Van will go to summer camp? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like whether he wants to or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: like, like all things with Van, like I just want to give, I want, there's some things I want to make him do, but there's definitely, I want to follow his lead. So I want to give him lots of experiences mm-hmm. at, at camps. You know, I want him to go to Jack Hazard. I want him to go to a surf camp. I want him to go to some kind of an art camp, I think would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. See what what he falls in love with and see what he identifies with and wants to pursue.
0: Yes. See what becomes his um, vision of the counselor playing the guitar (laughs) and see where that leads. I love it. Um, Well, we're about to run up on time, but I wanted you to talk for a second about um, Denon Goods.
1: Sure. Well, Christina and I, my lady, Christina, we're not married, but we have a family we started um because i do a lot of artwork and she helps me sell it and sometimes we do custom artwork where people want my lyrics with a painting that i do by hand and she had the idea to try to make that a little more streamlined and make reproductions prints of Mm -hmm. artwork for t-shirts or for posters to hang around your house to inspire you positive messaging because a lot of my song lyrics have positive messages yes and so uh, we just came up with a line of goods, den goods of um, posters, shirts, greeting cards, things like that that have artwork that I've done with some of my lyrics. And then she does a lot of the graphic design. She'll, she'll manipulate a piece of artwork and format it into a poster or something. And we have a little, little company. It started on Etsy, but now we have our own website and um, we're selling stuff all the time.
0: Yes, and we'll be sure that everybody has the link to the site. I've been on there. It is, I mean, it is beautiful. It is absolutely and, and, beautiful.
1: Thank you. And it ha- we have a bigger goal with it, though. We want it to be more of like a social brand, where mm-hmm. you know we have a big line of goods, and we can travel around doing pop up selling them. And she and I can talk about what it means to live well and do good in your community and mm-hmm. how support causes and align ourselves with good things happening in communities and be a part of the live series tour or the vacationer tour yes one step at a time
0: one step at a time that's right so you are on tour right now Mm -hmm. um and i guess when people listen to this what is next what can we what else can we expect from you where can people find you if they want to learn more about your shows any anything that you'd like to share
1: Well, with touring, I'm touring through the end of the year, and then I'm touring pretty much most of all of next year. Some shows by myself with an acoustic guitar, and then some shows uh, with a full band. And then I've got some new music coming out next year in bits and pieces. Um, I have a new song coming, and then a new EP coming after that. An EP is like a short album, five songs. So I'm just keep releasing music and keep playing shows and making plans to tour and just keep doing it because Amazing. After, you know after uh the shutdown i'm making up for lost time that's right that's
0: exactly right yes i think we all are <laughs> uh, well is there anything that we did not get to talk about today that you um oh like we talked a lot i talked
1: a lot thank you no i
0: feel like i i could ask you so many more questions and again oh, we
1: like we like can do a follow-up <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Yes, maybe we'll come out to one of your shows and do Summer. something there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. That'd be incredible. Well, again, Brett, thank you so much for your time. I absolutely love that you um are such an advocate for for so many things and such a fan of camp because we are too. And again, you are just such a gift to the world and I thank you. Thank you, thank you for your music and your talent and just everything that you are doing. It is just so wonderful. So, thank you very much
1: really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much.
0: And a big thanks to you, our listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you don't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Camp Wire podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere where you download your podcasts. You can also follow us at ACA Camps on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now TikTok. So be sure to check that out. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.